Hey, this is Glenn. Welcome to another episode of Difficult Questions. This one, are there throwaway people or disposable people? This is something that I've been wrangling with as I've been working through our homeless conundrum in the U.S. for the past 11 years. And it really comes down to, to that question. And people hate that question. People... People really don't want to answer that question because in American exceptionalism, everyone is equal, there is opportunity, and it's all the good story. And when you start talking about throwing people away, which we are doing, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. So I want to look at that because that's my new kind of challenge and opening in a conversation about what we're really doing about homelessness in the U.S. Uh, Because there's this underlying just acceptance that there are throwaway people. There are disposable people. And... Different cultures have different views on this. Uh, tribalism has, has a lot to do with it. Uh, so different countries will view other people as just throwaway people, uh, people that aren't worth anything. And in the United States, we kind of like the line that everyone is accepted. We're, we're a, a country of immigrants, so... Ideally, there are no people that can be thrown away just because there are people. But we do have people. Um, So back to other countries. When I was going through really interviewing a lot of homeless people, and I mean, I still do, what you'll not find is a lot of Hispanic homeless people and you will not find a lot of Asian homeless people in the United States. And I haven't quite proven why, but someone I was with was uh, from a, a Mexican family. And their idea of family is family sticks together no matter what, even if family has problems. And when their family would come to visit us, they would all stay in this this little house that we had and it would be an insult to not stay there because that's family. Family sticks together and there's just this acceptance that if that's your brother, your sister, your cousin, it doesn't matter how small of an area you're going to fit into, you're going to be together. And I think Asian cultures do this as well. So there's this American phenomenon because of capitalism is king and, and you can make your own. There's this expectation that you are going to make your own. So there's kind of this disposable people if you can't make your own money. If you can't be out on your own, then you are a disposable person. And the test is when you become 18, officially. Now, I realized that there were a lot of messed up families in this country when I was doing my documentary, Why Homeless. 
because I met a kid in Portland that got left at a bus stop by his mother when he was 14 with the directions, go see your dad. And when I met him, he was around 16 and he just had a little BMX bike crew that he'd roll around in Portland. And he was, it was kind of like Lord of the Flies. Like that kid from age 14 did not know stability. And did not know family. His family was the the crew that he was running with, that he put together of these young, these other young men, these other other boys, which is a bad model. <laughs> it gives you bad habits. You have no guidance from someone that has more experience in life. So not only do we have messed up families and, and communities and communities that don't stick together no matter what, but there's this, there's this idea that if you can't, if you're messed up, you have to fix yourself. You have to fix yourself. I, I have a couple friends that, and when, when one of them was in their early twenties, you know, they had, problems with they had some health problems they also had depression problems and they all kind of mixed together and i was you know og feminist from the 90s I'm like you have to figure out how to how to shore yourself up because you you got to make it on your own you know you, when you're when you graduate from college that's it you have to you have to go out into the world you know very much that that american ideal like you you know People are equal or equal. Women don't depend on men. You have to figure out how you're going to support yourself. You can't be messed up. And she responded, well, I have great birthing hips, so there's always that. And I just thought, oh, I mean, there's also this unspoken ideal that women can depend on a man. And as much as we fight that, we also always go back to that. Uh, but men in the U.S., you're on your own, man. In fact, you need, to, you need to be able to take care of your family. So especially if you're a man and you're useless in this country, you, you are, you, there is no hope for you because you don't have birthing hips. Um, I also had a friend that she, she, she just... So what happens in this country when you have problems is we are trained to call people. And sometimes when you don't know those people, officials, and they come to save you, it's embarrassing, which sends you down into a further depression spiral. And so your family or your community, the people you know, if they support you, it's a little easier on you. And I have this friend that she also has this ideal, this American ideal that she has to make her own. And she had a good run in the first 30 years of her life where things were just easy. People, she had a great personality. She was very talented. She was smart. And then she started getting into bad habits and started getting into alcohol, started taking over. And she ended up getting stuck and not having a job and not having a job that she wanted, that she felt was worth 
her personhood because she had self-worth and now she couldn't get a job. So therefore, that was a knockdown on her on her pride. So that sent her into depression, which sent her into more drinking, which sent her into this huge alcoholic problem. And then she at one point made a, a call to her mother and said, I'm just going to commit suicide. And her mother decided to call the police. So that was a huge shame for her because then the police got involved. The police don't know her. They, the police don't know how amazing she is and she's just falling down. And so that official lockup gave her extra depression. And that was more than three years ago. And since then, she's not fought back. Now, fortunately, her family, the one, the mother that called the police on her has taken her in and she's trying to rebuild her life. But then she also has this resentment of this person that called the cops on her and is holding her back, also um, stopping her from from being who she needs to be, but she can't be who she needs to be. She's stuck, right? And so if she didn't have this family, what I've seen is there are a lot of people on the street that are stuck like that, exactly like her. They're in this, this weird spiral where they can't get out of the shame that they feel for themselves and the sadness they feel for their lives, and they can't get better. Whereas... You know, I come from this, there is no excuse. And I've been really fortunate in that um, I, I haven't had these points where I've been able, I haven't been able to come up from. I mean, I, I fortunately, I don't use substances for me. So it always keeps my head clear. And I always have to keep my head on the, on, on the ball, head on the ball. That is not a really a statement. I have to keep my, my mind on the goal. And I can't get devolved into situations that some people on the street have. But are those people disposable? When I was teaching at universities, the way I would teach, it was kind of controversial. Um, I, I was really inspired by there's a certain scene in Full Metal Jacket where Pyle is climbing this obstacle and he gets stuck. He can't climb over and and the drill sergeant is there and she says, I will motivate you. There's no option. And I, I used to teach like that. Like there was no failing in my class. You just did it or you left. <laughs> are you quitting on me? You, you either quit or succeed. That's that. Those are the only two options. There are no D's. And, um, you know, that was very controversial, but I wonder and I have this viewpoint as well, we shouldn't let people fail. We shouldn't view people as disposable. No matter what, we will not let them think they are awful. And yes, absolutely, you get to a point where you, you can't get out of that. They're going to they're gonna think they're awful or they, they have mental illness that cannot be overcome. They, they have problems. And we're just going to have to struggle through that. And families do that when there, there are people with chronic illness or chronic, let's say, mental disabilities or whatever that may be. 
that's what a family is there for. And in the United States, we've gotten rid of that. And so that, I think that's why we're seeing all of these disposable people out on our streets. I mean, what do you do with those people? Someone has to be their family. Someone has to be their community. I don't think there are disposable people because I will motivate you. And yes, I can be proven wrong, but you have to prove me wrong. I'm not going to concede that there are disposable people. So my new thing is to always challenge that and, and to say, well, step up to your American exceptionalism. If we're so great, then why do we have all these people that we are throwing away or that we are allowing themselves to be thrown away? Let us challenge ourselves and use our exceptionalism as U.S. citizens, whatever that may mean, we're awesome. Hollywood told us we're awesome. The rest of the world thinks we're awesome. We have this great army superpower. So how come we can't take care of ourselves? And to really turn that drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket back on ourselves and say, I will motivate myself to fix this. So that is my preaching. And as we go into a new year, ask yourself, are there disposable people? Should we allow ourselves to think that there are disposable people, throwaway people? Thanks for your time.